My name is Mark Hummel. Welcome to Mark Hummel's Harmonica Party. I'm in Croydon right now in the UK, and I'm sitting here with my old buddy Steve West Weston. Hello there. Who uh, I go back with a ways. I think we met, when did we meet? 2012, something like that? I would that. think it's something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And he's one of my absolute favorite harmonica players in Europe. And uh, I'm just going to ask him some questions. We're going to talk about it, the old days and what things are like now. So um, I know you, you started on piano, correct? I, yeah, but I've said in interviews before, but in the 60s, growing up in the 60s in England, a piano was part of the furniture. I guess it was the same in the States. I mean, every... Every, yeah, I mean, I didn't have piano lessons, but there was a piano in every house, right? You know, uh, before the days of sort of television, and it, it was just entertainment. Someone in the family played piano, and right. so it, it was one of my toys. And I used to love playing on it. Yeah, uh, and how uh, old were you? Well, I was. Uh, well, I know. I, I can remember. I learned to play what I say, the bottom line of what I say, with both hands, so little tiny fingers. And I was in junior school, so I was uh, probably around the ages of seven, wow. eight, learning Whoa. to play that stuff. And um, we didn't have a record player at home at that time. It was only sort of radio things, hearing what, and listening to stuff. And, uh, and I had an older cousin that showed my elder brother how to play what I say, and he showed me. Ah, and we okay. used to muck about, my brother was 13 years older than me, and I'd be going, boom, 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 and he'd just be going, up the other end. So did you hear it on the radio? I guess so, I guess so, because we definitely didn't have a record player, I know that, but I kind of knew, well, I just knew, I'm thinking, I mean, it's a long while ago, of course, and I, I guess I didn't even know what it was. My brother told me it was what I say, and then he mm. played it to me, and I liked it, so I played it, and this was called What I Say. I knew, it, knew what it was called. Yeah. Yeah, probably before I even heard it. Wow. You know? So, I can remember playing at school um, with the windows open in a classroom, and all my pals are dancing in the playground. Oh, that's great. You know, when we were kids. Yeah. Yeah, but that was my first... That's got to be a good feeling when you... Yeah. Oh, when I love you know, it. You I can really, really get love people it. into yeah, it like know. that. Yeah. Um, and, and I was offered piano lessons. My, my, my sister went to piano lessons. Um, she did come very well with it. She's older than me. And she said, do you want to go to piano lessons? And it wasn't cool. And I just thought, no, I don't. I didn't want to hmm. be right. a swatty kid, you know. Right, I right. I had. Yeah, I really wish I had. And that was my introduction to sort of playing the piano, so that was what I did, yeah. first of all. Now, you were in bands in the 60s, is that right? No, 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 oh, no okay. not to the 70s, no. 70s. I'm not that old, no. I'm not sure. You said the 60s. No, okay. 60s when I grew so you're, up. So you're four, was, years, four years younger than me. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so, so uh, no, no it was, uh, my first bands would have been around about 1977, 78. Okay. Playing in the Vox Continental organ, do you remember like the Adam Price one? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We found one in a junk shop for uh, fifty pounds, uh, and it was one of the really oldest ones. It, it, it had the black black keys, mm -hmm. uh, different. You know, what the black keys are white and the white keys are black, and um, it had wooden wow. wooden keys on this one, covered in yeah. plastic, but the actual keys were wooden. And, what a trip. Uh, and it was all out of tune. You could get them tuned. They had something in it. We took them to a tuner, and he tuned it all up and. Uh -huh. It was a really shrill little thing. That, and I played that for a while. Uh, and I ended up selling that to the guy who played with Elvis Costello. He, really? Yeah, because they, wow. they used them for videos, you know, just more. Just, huh. I didn't like it. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, they weren't rare and I wish I kept it. They weren't so rare and collectible then in right. the seventies. It right. was just old crap. Yeah. So um so I sold that. But that was my first band. I played that and they were And was, what band was that? It was it was a, a Canvey Island band. So I grew up on a, 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 an island called Canvey Island. It's quite well known for music mm. in in England. Um but this was a band it was called the Rubies and it was a you know, sort of school friends and and that that we all played in. We were playing sort of Arthur Lee and Love and really kind of sort Some of psychedelic, psychedelic stuff. stuff. Right, yeah, right. yeah. It's uh, kind of my uh, thing now. 30 Floor Elevators and I did uh, oh, okay, 96 yeah. Tears. I did. Right, you know, right, 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 right. And, right. Then, and that was my bit, you know, <laughs> to be heard. Or, yeah, that's funny. But it was, you know, it was, um, but blues was always my thing. Mm-hmm. Rock and roll and right. blues. You know, right. so I was a very frustrated in my 20s because there was a punk rock movement in right, England right. that was really dominant and yeah. everybody wanted to play punk rock yeah. except me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't get a band together yeah. at all. No, I've heard some horror stories yeah. about that time when American bands would come over, like if they were like country bands yeah. or something like that, they would be just shit out of luck. Yeah, no, it was, it was a, I mean, I love the idea, looking back at it, I think the rebellious idea was great. Right. I mean, it was the mid 70s in England, it was very, the progressive rock thing was you know, Rip Wakeman wearing capes and a well, you know, I heard that a lot of what what that was about was kind of a rebellion against the kind of excessiveness of of rock music at the time. Yeah, yeah. You know, the thirty minute guitar solos, Absolutely. you know, and concept albums yeah, and that. Right. And it's not. It's it's maybe okay for your studious university uh, graduate, but not for your working class kid that works in a factory who's got loads of anger. Right, sure you know, does. And, yeah. and, and, and a lot of hormones going by right. me. Right. You don't want to sit down with a bobble hat on going, wow, no. this is cool, you know. Right. And as I said, I grew up on Canvey Island and a band called Dr. Feelgood, I'm sure you must have Oh, yeah, heard. of yeah, course. Yeah, they were yeah. a Canvey Island band. Yeah, and, and they were like, huge. Yeah, they were massive. And they were like kind of a, weren't they almost like a punk rock blues Well, band? they stopped. They started before the punk rock movement, but they certainly uh-huh. inspired it because it went from wearing regular sort of suits and, and shorter hair and songs were three and a half minutes long, they were aggressive. Right. It, was, it was very, very blues-based, but it mm-hmm. was stripped to the bone as as Lee the singer often described it it was really stripped down to the bone now did they have a harmonica player well, well Lee used to play the harmonica okay. as a singer you know yeah. um, and that would that, that would I mean when I saw them I was 16 I saw them on the television I went mm-hmm. home and everyone said oh, Dr. Phil Gooder you've got to watch them and I watched them and I come back to school the next day I said this changed my life wow this is fantastic huh. did you see it did you see it did you yeah. see it yeah <laughs> Well, everything I ever wanted in music was was there. I saw them, you know. It was nine below zero, kind of like that. They too? they were like that, but they were a few years later. Yeah, they were a few okay. years later. Yeah, yeah, I saw them. They were actually called Stan's Blues Band when I first. Oh, them. really? And I okay. saw them at the gig where they decided to change their name. Interesting. To, they actually said we're going to be called Nine Below Zero. Wow. In a, in a pub in South End, really. Huh. Sort of. But they were kind of punk too. They weren't punk, but it, it was a kind of aggressive. English R&B. I mean, they had a fantastic harmonica player, Mark Felton. Mm-hmm. Still got him. He still plays with them, you yeah. know. And he played amplified harp extremely well. And he, look, you've got a fan. He, well, I, yeah, they <laughs> dark trousers. Come on, come. It's a cat. Yeah. But it, yeah, yeah, it was a great movement, and it was, it was 
the hip thing to do. Come on, you can come on. It was a, it was a hip thing to do if you was uh, in, in your early twenties in England right. to go and watch bands. Right. You know the, the disco was big. Yeah. But it, it really wasn't. Well, maybe you you think you hip when you think it might be. In the states, it. disco kind of sunk the blues. Yeah. Well, it really yeah, sunk yeah. all live music yeah. basically. Really. Yeah, yeah. In the seventies. But, it, but, it, but it, I mean, lots of people did go to discos, and lots of my friends went to discos, but mainly to pick up girls. Right, know? right. <laughs> Had That's nothing right. to do with music. No, yeah. you, you yeah. Know, I suppose some of them did like it, but but most of my the crowd that I went with, we loved live music, and we were right. going to every gig every day of the week. There was a live gig. Yeah. In a, in a pub or a club or a bar, we used to come up into London, and I was watching. I saw Muddy in nineteen seventy six. Did you really? Oh wow. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've told this story before, but this is a classic because I've got the album indoors. Um, Rhythm and Blues All Stars, I think it's called. Got a picture, of, a sort of silhouette of Sonny Boy Williamson on the front, and it's got various artists on the back, mm -hmm. and it's got Mojo working Muddy Waters. Right. But we both, me and my pal, he said, "New Musical Express." The paper. He says, "Muddy Waters is playing in London. Do you want to go see him?" I said, oh, yeah, I really do." But when we got there, we we got got there. We had no idea what it looked like. Because so the uh, there's no picture of it. Right, because there's we no knew picture, we liked the yeah. song. That's funny. Because then they came on, it was Joe Portnoy was in the band about right, that later, right, you know, right. in that period, in 76. And, uh, and I was like, I think it's the Unmodical. I said, no, I think it's that. And it's, uh, we, we get, like, Couldn't figure out which one it was. But it wasn't two yeah. songs later, and when he walked on. Right, like, right. Ah, that must be. There it, he yeah. is. You know. Yeah. But yeah, I saw him twice, and we went, you know, when I, in the 70s, we saw Albert Collins, we were right. watching him, and uh, Albert King. So there were a lot of blues people still they came, coming whenever, over. Whenever they came over and yeah. they played London, we, yeah. we used to go and see them. Yeah. Yeah. We actually, I actually played in a band playing piano that we supported Albert, Albert, uh, King, Albert King. Okay. Them, you know. You backed him up? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, don't, don't back him up. We, we you, you, you opened it. We, we opened support, the show. Yeah. We okay. Yeah. 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 So what was the first actual blues band you were in? Blues band would be my own band that I had. And I had a little band with all my pals uh -huh. uh, when, when, I suppose they got fed up with the punk, it worn out a bit, and they yeah. were the same guys. So I played and were you band. playing piano and harmonica? I played or? harmonica to start with, uh -huh. uh, and then I went on to, uh, when I got the, what it was, the Westwood, it, was it, I'm trying to think, I've got to think, because I was, <laughs> it was called, uh, the Crawling King Snakes was the first band I had together. Uh, then I had West Western and West Tones. None of these were my names I chose, oh, including okay. West Western. Yeah. Well, I never chose that. that was really? A, no, it's the bass player. Uh, when I, I played in the band, oh, I, I played organ in a band called Eddie and the Hot Rods. And I, don't okay. that, we took I the think States. you had told me about that. Yeah, I, yeah. Played, I played with them for, yeah. for a, a, a year or two. Because right. um, they were Canby boys as well. And, uh, and they called me West. They just called me West, and that hmm. was it—just the one word, West. Yeah. And then when I got the when I started W E S T. Yeah, West. Yeah. Because my okay. second name's West, and they just called me West. Like, right. were you Wesley? No, never. You was, were, okay. never got that. It was always never yeah. West. It was always West. And then my bass player, a long-term friend in in the Crawling Kings notes, he says, "We should call we should call you West Western." That's a really cool <laughs> name. And uh, no, I didn't think of it, but then they started calling me it. Right. And, and it's stuck. People, he's kind of yeah. stuck. I thought, well, right. yeah, that's a name, isn't it? You know, so then I had the Crawling King's Nights, West Western and the West Tones, 
and then I had West Western's Blue Sonics, was mm. a, which is still the name using still the, the name, still yeah. name using the day. That would have been yeah. in '94. That so at that point, were you playing both piano and yeah. harmonica? Yeah, in, in the okay. early, early thing. Uh, and the only um, the, there's two reasons I stopped playing piano. Um, one, there was there started being some really good piano players, and I was really embarrassed by my by or I'd get by, you know, mm. but I'm not a great harmonica player. Um, and also, I was carrying a lot of gear. Right, right. <laughs> I, I can understand piano, that. Yeah. Piano amp, harmonicas, sure. harmonica amp, and then taking a PA as well. Right. In the back of a small yeah, that's, car. that's brutal. And then unloading it when you got home at 4 a.m., you know. Right. And then parking it. Right, that's yeah. brutal. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it, was, it was one of the reasons I stopped playing piano. So, um, I know you're on a La- Lazy Lester record that came yeah. out on, on uh, Mike Vernon's label. Was, yeah. it, was it Blue Horizon? No, it wasn't on Blue Horizon. Was I'm not sure what the label is, but he produced the record. I remember that record. Yeah, nice. yeah. yeah that's probably the last time I played piano. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, what year was that? Two, I don't know, 2000. 2007? I don't okay. know. I don't know. Yeah. I can't remember. Right, but it was the early two thousand. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that we were playing. So that's Spain. about that's about when you gave up playing. Yeah, playing. but it was in it was in Spain. Yeah. We recorded that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. So that was Vernon's studio, evidently. Yeah. Uh, no, it was um, it was another studio, and I, was, I can't even remember the name of the studio, but it was a local studio because he lives out there. But he was living there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And right. he said he says I'm going to get uh, an album together for, for Lazy Lester, right. a live album. Lovely to back him. What do you think? What do you think of Lester? Loved him. He's great. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we had a, we had a good time. You know? Yeah. Yeah. He's a character. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Lovely. Yeah. Lovely. yeah. So. Um, I, I'm trying to remember when I heard about you. I want to say... Well, I've been thinking that on the way out, because Frank yeah. says, how did, how, did, how did you mark me? I says, I can't remember. I can't remember. I remember who turned me on to you, though, was uh, Dave Barrett. Really? Yeah. Dave wow. Barrett sent me some videos of you playing. Wow, I've and never that met was, him. Yeah, him. Dave yeah. Barrett was the one that turned me on to you, and he, right. said, he said, now what do you think of this guy? And I that's listened the, and went, yeah, he's pretty good. That's the power of the internet, isn't it? Right, You know, right. that's a really good thing about he, it. You know, I mean, he was hip to you kind of before a lot of the other people I knew were. Then another oh, friend of mine, Nick Trill, told me about it. Oh, I know too. Nick now. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah well, Nick Trill, it's really funny, because he's, he's been over London a few times, but when you... I know now, but at the mm-hmm. time he says, you don't remember when we met, do you? And I said, no. He said, well, when I played in New York, playing piano, right. in the jump band, we went out to the jump band, not the hot rods, um, we, our guitarist had a Gibson ES175D. Mm-hmm. It was a fat-bodied right. 175 single pickup, 1958, I think it was, beautiful guitar, left it in the back of the yellow cab. Oh, my God. So... Did we, Nick we, kind of come to the rescue? Nick kind of rescue and supplied a guitar. Ah, um, okay. He actually got it back. We, wow. A uh, uh, few people phoned people, and they, 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 they luckily enough, they, they, they found that you had a cab in New York. It's million dollars. That's <laughs> amazing. Where are we going to get that Jeez, back? Jeez, that's know? luck. We just got man. out quick, you know. Yeah. And yeah, that's oh, you know, horrible. It's, it's, it's what a horrible thing to have happen. Yeah, we got it back though. But yeah, yeah. No, that's how we met Nick. Nick said, I don't remember, we, um, right. I've got your guitar to play because you didn't wow. have one. Jeez, and and was it, that was with a swing band? You well, it was a band called Rent Party, another local band. We used to do sort of Winani Harris, Lou Jordan. Oh, cool. Um, we had, yeah, okay. three piece brass. Yeah, you know. And then were you singing in no, front? No, I, I sung a couple of songs. Yeah, I found a couple of blues. I played a harmonica on a couple of songs towards the end of the, my mm-hmm. time with that band. Uh, but it was mainly piano. Yeah, mm-hmm. and in those days it was upright pianos because digital right. weren't. 
Right. It was like 82 to 85. Wow. Okay. So it wasn't digital. It, was, it hadn't really come out, you know. Yeah. Was, yeah now, favorite. how did you end up getting to the States with a swing band? Was it because the that swing was, thing that, was that really was a, in? That was a really good... The band were playing in Edinburgh in Scotland. Mm-hmm. And is it... I think the name is George Wayne. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The famous... Uh, Jazz concert producer, yeah. He came past and heard the band. He said, wow. I want that band on the um, the Cool Jazz Festival. Whoa. You know, the, the K-O-O-L. That's heavy he, duty. He said, and we went over there. We went over and played the Lone Star Cafe, the one that Nick yeah, went to. Yeah, yeah. And we played um, the, the Saratoga Jazz Festival. Wow. With Miles Davis. And nice Stetford. break, man. Well, and, and, and there was... Our manager was actually the mum of, of the trumpet player. She said, "It's enough noise. It's Manhattan transfer going mad. They can't get on it. What's this load of people from, we've no one's ever heard of from England doing on the bill? You know, and everyone wow. was really crook because we weren't heard of. Right, you know, of we course. Were a little band, yeah, yeah. Little eight piece band. Little That's eight, amazing. Know. But he um, and we played that, and it's crazy. You know, we had a dressing room rent party, and dressing room, Miles Davis. Jeez." That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys meet him? No, we didn't meet any of them. Yeah. You know, it, it was, oh, so, uh, some of the guys in the band were really into sort, sort of uh, jazz fusion as well. Because uh-huh. you know, Chick Corea was out there and Michael Brecker. Wow. I mean, yeah. It, they must have uh, been. It's a great story about They it. must have been just enthralled with that. Yeah, it's, it's a great, uh, is, it, is it language prohibited on here? No, no you no, can oh, say oh, whatever well, you want. Well, it's really because we got on the bus to go. Um, uh, 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 out to the festival, it picked us up in in the hotel, and it, we're going out to, mm-hmm. to this festival. And uh, there's this woman, really close. She comes up to the, the driver. She says, "Excuse me, can you tell me where Michael Brecker's sitting?" He goes, "Lady, who the fuck is Michael Brecker?" Who said that? The bus driver. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> of course, the whole bus was in hysterics. Oh, I bet. Because yeah, yeah. she was really, yeah, I'm Michael Brecker. And she goes, I'm going to let you see Who the fuck is Michael Brecker? <laughs> that blew her day. <laughs> and, huh? and it just made yeah. the whole bus. Yeah, just, that's just, great. Falling yeah. about laughter. That's funny. So, um, yeah, the first time I saw you, you were playing a clip, and I think you were doing some George Smith, as I recall. Yeah, that probably would have been Telephone Blues, which telephone would be, blues, been in my, yeah. isn't in my repertoire at the moment right. anymore, but I right. can pull it out at any time. But yeah, I used to do that, you know. And yeah. I mean, but that was, you know, there was an album, I think it was on Red Lightning, and I heard that, you know, and I thought, wow, what a sound that is. Yeah. And working out, that's not second position harmonica. Right, third you know? position, yeah. yeah. The first yeah. time we're hearing it, because yeah. it's before... Everything was available, right? Like tongue blocking and everything right. that everybody knows. As soon as yeah. you pick one, you can Google it in, right? So that's all I need to know. Oh, my days, it was a record, a harmonica, and that was it. So, did you have how did you find out about tongue blocking? I was told by a guy, um, tongue blocking is putting your tongue on the harmonica to get a single note, yeah. Um, an essential to, for what I, right. you and I do to get that particular style, yeah. in my view anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a guy, Paul Rowan, a band called Little Matthew and the Intentions, I think they go with, uh, and he, pl- he was playing, the English guy, and I just, he came and I saw him in the bar, I said, God, you're great, why are you playing? It sounds like going great. He goes, so he says, I think it's all down to tongue blocking. Because hmm. so me and my pal, Dexter Shaw, Oh, okay, really, yeah, yeah, yeah right. Right, right, Frank is dead, yeah. 
I said, that little bit of paper that's in, used to come, which should diagram, he right. said that, he goes, yeah, exactly that. I said, there's all the guys in the States do it. And it ended up, it was Rick Estrin that told him. Right. And another right. friend of mine, Lloyd yeah. Garman, he told them both at the same right. time, you've got to be tongue blocking if you right. want to get it, guys. And they were the, the guys that had it in England. Yeah. And I sort of, second Yeah, Rick was kind of one of the main guys to yeah. kind of get the word out. Yeah, and so second time from, from Rick, it came on yeah. to me. And then we both went away because Dex played a little bit hard as well. And next time he says, you had a go at that, was it? It's really hard because yeah. I've been playing. and tongue blocking and bending. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've yeah. been playing lip pursing for so many years. Right. And all of a sudden, um, it was a whole new, everything shifted over a bit. You're playing right. you go, right. this is where the notes Tol- It's like but relearning. I, it's like I was, relearning. I was stubborn. And yeah. I just thought, I'm going to have to figure out this. And uh, I just stayed away until I got it. Yeah. And That's kind of what yeah. you had to do. Yeah, you had to do that. And I yeah. wanted to do it. You know, yeah, you had to just make yourself change the play world. That way. It changed the world, especially with, as I say, with, with tongue blocking and bending. Right. That, that I, I can't, you know, right. I, I, in my view, there's no capacity. It seemed like in England there weren't very many people doing that either. No. Well, Almost nobody. Well, yeah. there's, no, there's nobody there to tell you. Right. Well, the internet, say, so will tell you now, but when, there's, when you're getting it from other players, right. or just, as like everybody did in England, you bought a record, you bought a harmonica, and, uh, you, you try, try to learn try from try that. that. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. my first time I could was a chromatic that my dad bought me and I was 15 mm-hmm. and I had a blues record that he also bought me um, and uh, I, I'm listening to this and trying to get a chromatic to do this <laughs> right. and, and the reason that he said, he called them two-tone, he goes, you want, you want a two-tone one? And I says, well, I think so because he's got blues notes and I thought the bending notes would be right. the button the a bit like button. a trumpet player yeah, right, right, right. you know right. and I just yeah. had a feeling it was right. that button which, which you just, can do you yeah can but you would but you, but yeah. you can see how you think that it's a totally you? different yeah. sound of course yeah it's this yeah. not true at all so yeah. loads of Vaseline on my lips where I was ripping my lips to bits trying to do this stuff right. because there's no instructions on anything right. so I spent a good while getting it wrong on that yeah uh, and and, uh, and I just and were these LPs you were looking yeah we're talking LPs right. that, that right. you know that scratching them to bits scratching them to bits yeah. you know going to the same bit and the same bit and, and, it, and it wasn't actually until I, I went in the shop in, in again in South End and in the in the Hona display cabinet there was one and it said blues harp written on it right because we didn't have marine bands in those days they were always called super vampers right echo super vampers and uh, same different cover plant as well. Right. Uh, uh, but this one had blues harp written on it and, and I, I thought I've seen blues harp written on the back of a Dr. Feelgood album and someone it, it said Lee Brillo vocal and harp so mm-hmm. I know that must be a harmonica yeah you know, it's French harp I know now right but yeah so, right. so uh, and I bought it and of course it, it fell into place straight yeah. away straight away Oh God! This is like one. Right. Sadly, it was one in B. <laughs> That's my first start was in B. Yeah, they like they try to get rid of the shot. They put it on the display. Cause I mean, the worst part is I learned everything on a B harp, even though they were A harmonicas on yeah. the record. Yeah, it was a B harp, and I yeah, had somehow yeah. I learned it all everything fell into like place. That. That, yeah. you know, everything fell into place. That's crazy. Uh, and so that's, that's that's my introduction to playing that and and the tongue blocking. And of course, as I hear George Smith. Um, going back to George Smith doing Telephone Blues and that and I realised that this sounds like someone that's tongue blocking to me right and uh, and I learned uh, I spent a lot of time with another one of Dexter Shaw's records which 
he lent me was uh, Tribute to Little Walter George Smith. Right, right. Yeah, Which that. is a great record. It's a great record. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't got it. And I, yeah. uh, uh, I don't think Dex has got it anymore. I think he said it yeah. went somewhere. But yeah. but I, I had that at home. I just went through that and thinking, because it's, it's a, a derogatory, derogatory thing to say, but it's quite simple lines he's playing mm -hmm. on it. And I thought, this is a good one to learn yeah. off of. Where's yeah, well, he plays it his own way. That's yeah, what's interesting yeah, about it. Is yeah, he really... and you could clearly hear the riff. Yes. Whereas with Walter, it's buried in this 50s mix, and you right. think you've got the riff, but right. you haven't got anywhere near no, it. You no, know, no. It's, you listen, That's something you relearn and relearn yeah, and think, relearn. Yeah. I was doing there. Yeah. You know, but with, with the George stuff, I could actually hear what he was yeah. doing quite yeah. clearly. Yeah. And uh, I looked at that, and, and, and I thought, oh, when he gets to hole one, what do I do? Oh, so obviously you must put your tongue on the other way. So right. I, I do that now. Just I, lip, yeah. No, I don't. Oh, do you do the yeah, tongue so, switch. Yeah, right, tongue, tongue switch. switch. But yeah. like, it, it must be. I would right. not tongue block it. Right. How can it possibly be? Right. Whereas later, my friends say, off, they often just go on the pub. Yeah, that's yeah. all you have to do. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, well, I so I've got this technique. So, so yeah. I can play around one to one and two and three, and it's just in my mouth, and my tongue's going like this, and you play, right. don't, don't do any movement here. Right. You know, but right. once you brain's got that logged in it's not an effort yeah it's quite a good way so now when did you first like start playing amplified um always wanted, as soon as i heard George smith i wanted to play amplified yeah i mean i did um uh, i had a little thing my first amp was a 1978 silver face champ mm -hmm. i remember reading in the nme again about good amplifiers for harmonicas and mm -hmm. the champ right because of course Bands in the seventies in England were really loud. I bet they were. Yeah. Drums were loud. Everything was yeah. loud. Yeah. Marshall amps. Right. Fender champ is not going to work. No. <laughs> it's just no not way. Happen, is it? No you way. Know, yeah. So that, I had that, and uh, they wasn't the right amp. But um, and then I think the next amp I bought was a basement, but a basement piggyback. Uh -huh. I found that in London. Oh yeah, 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 with uh, the, the head, yeah, head, the head one. Yeah. And it, and it, it, like it, a sixties. Yeah. It was a yeah. It would have it would have been a brown Tolex or a beige Tolex. One mm -hmm. it was covered in black, but it, right. would, it was that model. I think it was a brown faceplate on it, if I remember yeah. right. And uh, I had that for. A, it had the wrong valves in it. Bought it. The Did it have four tens? No, it had two twelve. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. two twelve close back. Right. Yeah. Right, so it's a, I know. think I might have had one of those. Yeah, and uh, I used that for a while, but it had the wrong valves in it. it uh, getting technical, it had EL thirty fours in it. I think instead of six oh sixes. Right. Uh, so it never really sounded right, but I used it for a long time. Yeah. Um, and I was just in Holland on tour, and a guy just came and says, "I want to buy that amp off you," and he was um, uh, an Eddie Cochran fan. And hmm. He played for guitar, and apparently he played through them. Right. And he offered me loads of money for it. And he comes to try his guitar, and he immediately came in and took the valves out, put the right ones in, and played his guitar. It sounded fucking incredible. Wow! <laughs> but I'd already done the deal with him by then. So uh, yeah. yeah, so that that and I wish I'd kept has gone. Right. That's gone. Right. So it sounded great when he did that. Oh yeah, yeah. Then I bought another Silverface fifty head. I think I used for a while, um, uh, and then the Basement reissue came out in the nineties. Right. And. Uh, and, and Paul Lamb got me a deal on that. Did he? Yeah, he got me a deal on one of those, so yeah. I could afford, you know. Do you know Paul pretty well? I've yeah, in the past. We, we, yeah, we, he was he yeah. was kind of one of the early guys. Yeah, he's another one of the early guys yeah. that, that we all you know wanted looked up to. He's, I mean, he's a phenomenal player. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely plays phenomenal. really badass. Sonny Terry, Big Walter, 
yeah. stuff like that. I mean, the, the, the thing with Paul is <clears> I've been in the same room with him where, you know, we're trying out amps and at home and stuff, and he mm-hmm. goes, and he plays a little bit, and you go, half the volume. Half really? The, oh, God, he's massive. Really? He's wow. He's got a lot of stuff. Now, does he tongue block a lot of stuff? I think so. I don't, yeah. I'm not sure on him. He's spoken yeah. about it. But, uh, I actually called him to show me Sonny Terry yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I mean, he helped me with that. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, yeah. but he's, he's, um, he's a phenomenal player. Yeah, you know, yeah, he, he is. is a phenomenal player. Absolutely, I think you're two of the top names in blues harmonica in, in the UK. Well, I, I don't put myself up there on on that because I know so many players that are so right, so good. You know, yeah. but but it's that's. I don't like competition in music. I, really I don't either. It. I hate it. You know, I hate it. I hate it. I hate awards ceremonies things. And I look at it, I think, you know, if the, it's an art, it? music is an art. Yeah. And if you say you're an artist, you can say, right, like, this this year, Picasso is, is number one and Salvador Dali is number two. Right. You know, how yeah. did you compare the two? I know. Yeah. It's, like, it's such apples and oranges it, that it makes yeah, no it, sense. It's art. And, yeah. and, and the thing yeah. of. Uh, it, Record sales is the thing you can judge. You can have number one in the yeah. most popular record sales. Right. That makes right. sense. Right. But to say somebody's a better harmonica player than somebody else, well, you're technically better. You're faster. Right. Exactly. Uh, how does that? How does that? How does that really? You know. Yeah. Compute. Yeah. yeah. And and and, yeah. and early on when I was playing and with and, and Dexter Shaw again, he was he was playing he was playing guitar with me. Wow, this is way back in the, in the early 90s and, mm-hmm. and we were at a festival and he said, Steve, it's a harmonica competition, you should go in for it. So I got the form here and I looked at it and they actually put what they were looking for and it was a, like high register runs and, and it was at all this speed and, it, and I said, I said, you know what? I said, if Sonny Boy went in for this, he wouldn't stand a chance. Right, it well, it's kind of like the tick, voice or something, you know. one of these boxes. Yeah, it's like, it's like the voice, you know, in the 60s, thing. nobody would have... Yeah, made it onto the voice. No, you know what I'm saying. No. Yeah, no. it just wouldn't have happened. No, um, yeah. so, they, so they don't I, look. They don't look like models. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the thing for me in blues music is the music, the song. You know, the great mm. songs. Yeah, that, that make it work. It's the, the rhythm's really cool and right. it's really got a special thing going on. Especially right. something that's classic. Yeah. it's got something really special going on yeah. and the heart playing is fantastic and it's three minutes of wonderfulness yeah. you know and that is what's lacking now oh yeah you know, yeah, yeah. I think I agree and, I, I, and I, I really believe if you say it's all been done there's nothing left that, that's no that's, that's BS wrong. that's no, BS that's, that's rubbish you know, yeah, there's still is. plenty there we're talking about some of his rock and roll exploits uh, in recent recent times and, and going back a ways because what years were you in the Big Town Playboys? Well, let me think. I would say that was around 2000. 2000? Yeah. It was okay. around 2000, I think. 2001, yeah. 2002. Around that period. Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure it was that, that period. Yeah. Yeah. And... Um, and well, and you you ended up filling in when Mike Sanchez left. Well, so I think they had, they had, they had a little break when Mike left the band. Uh-huh. Um, and then then Ian uh, that I've known for, for, forever. It all goes back. We the all bass know player. It. Yeah, we all yeah. know each other from back when I was playing in this rent party band piano piano. Right. Because so, we were on the same gigs, you know. Right. And our brass section used to play with with the Big Sam Playboys and and did the. The Robert Plant stuff. I'm trying to think. It was the Honey Drippers. 
Well, he did a how many drippers and we did loads. You guys played with him? No, but the, the, our brass section did. Oh, the brass section. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so there was a connection there right. and everything, you know. But right. he, so Ian knew me. And so he asked me if I wanted to do to try the piano, you know. Uh -huh. um, and, and we had Big Joe Lewis. Big Joe singing. Singing, yep. yeah. Big Joe Lewis. Yeah, and we made an album, I think, Western World, I think it's called. We made an album. Um, it's a great album. It's really good. Uh, and then the f following album, uh, Ian said we're going to do an album and use his connections that, that he's made over the years to get in guesting on and we had uh, um, Jules Holland was playing on it and oh, Andy okay. Fairweather Lowe was playing wow. tracks okay. on it yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the one that, that I got to meet was, was Jeff Beck right? which was on the track called Look Out Mabel where I was playing piano um, I wasn't singing on that one um, and I think we had a guide vocal on that one to go by and, mm -hmm. and so Jeff, Jeff just came in and he, he would it's everything that everybody says about him being a humble guy really easy going really easy to work with um, made you feel really relaxed you know I mean, he's, a, right. he's a giant of a yeah a, a, sure of a, yeah, he's an icon yeah. you know right. it's Jeff Beck in the right. studio you know uh, and he's asking us if it's all right. <laughs> you know, was that all right? Are you sure? Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Do you want me to do it again? Yeah, that that's kind beautiful. Of magic. Yeah. It's wonderful. And I yeah. say he just had his old Telecaster, and I can remember him flipping it up, getting the screwdriver out, and sort of pulling it about and pulling things and right, right. messing about with it. Oh, that too, sort of thing. Right. The expense, and, and he just sort of, oh, and there was another, a couple of Fender amps. He goes, oh, I'll play through that one, I think. Let's try that one. And, and my old Valve copycat, as I said, old Watkins copycat tape echo. He said, oh yeah, I'd like to use that. And he set it up, and I did a proper slapback echo on a tape that's on the record. And um, and and he just said to me, to me and Ian, he said, how do you want me to play? You know, because he can do anything. I'm sure. You know, he's a, he's, he's, sure. he's a master. Yeah. Um, and we 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 just had discussed it before, and we said, what's the point of having Jeff Beck playing on a record, playing something that any really good guitarist could do? Right. Which would emulate, if you're a certain standard, you could emulate another guitarist, give right. yourself a bit of time. Right. You know, uh, if you're worth it. Wait. But he's Jeff Beck, so let's just have him play, play Jeff Beck. Play Jeff Beck, right. why not? You know, if you're Jeff Beck on it, what, yeah. what, what, what's the point of? And you yeah. were saying, who plays guitar on that? You know, right. But right. there's no question who plays guitar on it. Yeah. When now, um, and he did, and he did, only did it in one go. He just went through. Yeah. And then it was great because uh, the 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 prop, vocal proper, as it could be called, uh, was done by Robert Plant. Wow! So, so it's Robert Plant okay. and Jeff Beck, who giants in our wow in the English music English yeah. industry. Um, I'm on a record with them, so that's that was, great. That's quite yeah. nice. It is know. quite you know. nice. Yeah, I'm not richer. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> I'm sure. But, that's but, uh, but it's, kind of the way it goes, yeah, right? You know, yeah. But it, it, yeah, so we got to all do you that. have is the glory. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, and the other thing we spoke about in the break was uh, the connection with Roger Daltrey, which right. comes from. Um, the late Wilco Johnson, which is which, is a guy that I've I've known. And was he in was he in uh, uh, Nine Below Zero? No, he was, was in Doctor Phil. Oh, he Dr. was one of the original members of Doctor Phil. Right, but, right. And were, but it's hard hitting four piece. Um, he he did leave the band. Seventy um, seven, mm -hmm. uh, I think he mm -hmm. left. But um, I might be wrong there. But I think it was seventy seven. He left the band. 
But uh, he used to come to my shows in South End all the time, and he, uh -huh. loved, he loved my guitar player Paul Garner, and he really liked my harmonica playing. And he lived in Essex. Oh yeah, lived. he lived in my yeah. town. Right, yeah, right. He lived, in, he lived in my town. Right. Um, and uh, I just got a call from his management and says, uh, I knew he was, do I knew he was doing this record with Roger, and he just mm. says, uh, Wilco wants you to play some harmonica on on the album. Right. Did you fancy doing it? You know, yeah. Let me think about that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. See, Zudi got on it. Roger Daltrey? Nah. I'm gonna uh, who? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I went and went down and, and and did that session and uh, and and it was um, it was it, it the record came out great and the record actually in the in the independent charts went to number one in the national LP charts it got to number three. That's awesome. Which is incredible. You know, yeah. I was yeah. I was really thinking this. Is the start of something, you know. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't. It but you is. can say you did. Yeah, it. yeah. I was. I mean, I was at this time next year, darling. Right. Know, we'll be millionaires. Yeah, we'll still be riding in a limo to work. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it, it's just, and and I've, I've last year I, I got to tour with um, with Roger Daltrey. He invited me to do his his uh, solo tour. He was uh -huh. playing songs from all his career, so he did right. some Who songs and, right. and from his solo albums, and he did uh, three songs from um, the album with Wilco Johnson. Yeah, going back up that I was on. Now, was this just in the UK, or did you guys oh, no, we did, go we, to we Europe? Did, we just did the UK. Okay, yeah, we just did the UK for one yeah. month. Well, that must have been awesome. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely fantastic. I mean, it was uh, it was hard just doing the two songs I did I mean Roger being Roger he says anything you think you can play on that we're playing stuff, right. just join in Right. so there were a few things like Squeezebox I knew a little bit I could do a little bit on that Right. and I could join in with some of the songs but yeah. of course they're, they're, they're not the not harmonica, harmonica the harmonica is so dominant I know it is you know yeah, you can, I know I, in my opinion it's only worth putting on if it enhances it right right <laughs> if it takes something away exactly shut up. <laughs> no that's right i <laughs> agree know. with that uh, yeah. and and and, this, and most of the songs that the, the install that roger does as a solo thing the focus uh, i always look at music there's a focus going on the focus is the vocal right so if anything is on the background that takes your ear away right spoiling it right and you know there's lovely lovely guitars and stuff going on but you don't sort of yeah. listen to that 12 string you don't do that you listen to the vocal well i had so you, it, have, you have a harmonica there you have, what's that coming on i heard a really interesting story yeah. from magic dick about when he was asked by uh mick jagger to join on a on an australian tour right and i think for a recording and uh it ended up being this thing where uh, the management kind of said, you know, with both of you guys on stage, it draws away from Mick. Right. You know? Yeah. So there is that element of, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I always think that. And it, it makes sense. It I is mean, a folk. I mean, that, that, that's the wonderful thing. I mean, the things like you and I like when you listen. When I listen to Walter backing up Muddy. You still listen to Muddy. Oh yeah, it's just enhancing it. Right, right. you know he was if you, pushing. If, if you take it away, the record's still good, but it's better with the harp in. Oh yeah, you know. Uh, but once you start putting the harp in and you start listening to the harp and not the vocal, you're taking something away. Well, I also yeah. heard that Mud that Muddy's record sold a lot better when he had Walter. Yeah, yeah. You know? 
They it sold is, records. You know, and then it cut, and you know, he's, he's, he's swooping around and he's, he's, he's popping around in the background. It doesn't get in the way. Right. At all. Right. And then there's time for the solo. Because yeah. it's always, when he's, he's always going to be half solo. If he's in there, it's, right. it's going to be half solo. And he knew and how to, just, the oh. other thing is he really knew how to kind of dodge in and out yeah, of the vocal. Yeah. And, and that's and what it, made it really I interesting. I mean, because there's that, there's that school of, when the vocal's going, you shut up. And then you play a little thing after it, which is kind of uh, quite a discipline that's, uh, that works. Oh, with yeah. Walter, he's over the top of it and he's through it and everything sure. and weaving yeah. in and out of it. Yeah. And that's the bit I really like. That same here. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I, the I, weaving I, part. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm lucky to play with his son, Mud Morgan. Right, let's talk uh, about that a little and bit. And that is, yeah. I mean, it's the cop. I mean, it, I'm sure it was always said the best chair around for a harp player is in the Muddy Waters band. Right. Right, and, and and I think this is kind of the if you like you and I we play the right. best chairs back. Oh yeah, because he's, he sounds like his dad. Yeah, he know? sure does. Yeah, you know, and you're getting to, same tone, you know, and yeah. you get to play those it's songs. Good, and that's the thing. Yeah, if you if you play Mojo working in your band, and if you play Hoochie Coochie Man, you think, oh, they're doing that old chestnut right. again. Uh, but they are great songs. Oh yeah, and they've got, um, but you're doing them with him. Right, it's, it's perfectly okay, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, and and I it is, it, it, and I like both those schools of thought. I think yeah, we don't want to play with those old chestnuts that everybody knows, you know. Plays right, but sometimes the measure of a good band is playing a classic and doing it properly. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, sometimes that is a measure of a good. Yeah, band. no, I yeah. agree. You know, but, you just don't want to make a a, a, a whole set list of no, stormy Monday and no, it, got it, my mojo working course, and course, messing it, with the kid. Yep. I mean, they're, 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 they're evergreens, whatever you call them, and yeah. classics, and, uh, but sometimes they're, they're old chestnuts, as they say. Right. You know? Battleships of the yeah. blues. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there was, um, but, but, you know, they're great songs. And if you, and if, if, if Junior was still around and you went to see him, you'd want to see him do it. Sure. <laughs> Hell yeah. You wouldn't see him do messing with it. Hell yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But that, yeah, so that that is that is one of my favourite jobs. So now, how long have you been doing that with Mud? Since two thousand and eight. Okay, so that's whenever quite a while. he comes to England, um, yeah. it's always me, and if it, but Europe mostly is me as well. Right, right. Um, uh, there is another guy, Lloyd Garman, if I can't, who steps in, and mm -hmm. Giles King steps in. Right, the gigs that I I may be booked out on something else. Right, yeah. I think he's going to be here tonight. Who's that? Lauren. Oh yeah, Lloyd, yeah, Lloyd, Lloyd, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he will be. Yeah. yeah, he's a good friend of mine. Yeah, great, great harmonica player. Good. Uh, and I uh, play with the, must, I keep forgetting to mention, not, must not mention them, is Trick Bag in right, Sweden. Right, Trick Bag, yeah, right, I know they've been kind of steady. Uh, yeah, and that's since 2010, yeah. I think, I've been right, playing. Right, right. With them. And also playing with Tommy Lino. With Tommy Lino, yeah, yeah I made right. the album with him. Right, You know, right. Great, great musician and a good friend of mine. Yeah, yeah, great. great. He's a great musician. Wish you played with yourself many times as well. He's amazing. You yeah. know, I think I've done about three or four. Yeah trips with those yeah, guys but he's, yeah. a, he's just a great guy he sure is he's yeah. an unbelievable musician yeah, yeah drums harmonica and guitar piano he plays he, he plays, plays piano now he plays piano I've, I've did a jam session i hate him uh, yeah i was doing a, <laughs> I, I was playing a jam session and i was going off and i was in an old sonny boy number and i, I thought oh he's playing the piano look around it was him wow he was on the piano crazy it was, it was okay you know yeah. there's nothing wrong with that what That's he was crazy, doing crazy yeah um uh, and a double bass. He, he bought a double Jesus. bass. He bought a double bass for Lars to use. Uh -huh. Lars from from Sweden when he right. came from and say bringing one over. So he bought one for the studio, and Lars could use it. You could you could gig. There's no question you could gig with 
he could do a gig. Yeah. And he'd, he'd be great. God, that's he's slapping crazy. it and everything. He does the whole yeah. thing. He's oh, a great drummer. I know that. I know he's a good drummer. Yeah. I heard that. And a great harp. I heard that RJ Mish, he said RJ Mishku, I drummed with RJ when he first came over. Oh, did he? Yeah. I didn't um, know that. When he first came over. This is a story as I heard that he, he drummed with him uh, because they couldn't get a drummer. <laughs> right, so he's ordered the drums, yeah. uh, but he, he played drums. Wow. And RJ loved it so much, he went him on the drums on the next trip. So really? he, never, he never got to play guitar That's again. Because he really wanted to play guitar. Oh, wow. And he only did drums because no one else could, was available. See what happens? And now he's stuck. You know? <laughs> but I think, I think RJ has him playing guitar now. Yeah. So I got, I got one more story that I wanted you to tell uh, that I love about because you know I'm a big Peter Green fan. Oh, another and you, story, yeah. Yeah, and you said, uh, just tell the story about well, it was you a, were playing a... It was a, it was, it was, this was at West Western's Blue Sonics, and we were playing uh, a tiny coffee house in, in, Kent, in the county of Kent. It was mm. a small county. And the guitarist we had at the time was a fellow called Richard Studholm, and he, he had connections with Peter, and he knew the, the people that, that were managing him and looking after him, and he, he played, met him, and and they were friends, you know. Right. And uh, um, and they and they, and they turned up, and mm -hmm. they were sitting at a a little coffee table. And um, did you know it was him? Yeah, we knew it was him. Oh, it's you did know. Oh, it was Richard him. told me. Says, okay. Got a bit of green shit, you know. All right. Got a bit of green shit. And um, it was actually sitting. Well, he was he was sitting with Francesca's mum. Okay. Uh, Dexter's wife. Yeah. She, yeah. she was there and she was right. sitting at the bar with her and she, she's the one that he spoke to and she actually came up to us she said, I spoke to Peter and Peter just said, I had a blues band once. <laughs> and that, that, uh, we went, what? Oh, he said, it's, 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 so, it's sad because he, you know, yeah. he wasn't well and he yeah. just said, I had a blues band once. She goes, I know Peter. <laughs> And uh, he, and he loved he loved the band. He absolutely loved. Now, the didn't band. you say he came up and looked at your amp or something? Uh, no, he he, he just he, he just liked the sound of the band. And he said to, he said to the guys that were with him, he goes, "That's the sound I want you to get me when I play on stage." Wow, uh, yeah, that's a pretty big yeah. compliment, man. Yeah. And th there's another story that is a funny story. I don't know if it's, if it's funny to me. I was in the market for buying a Fender Twin Reverb for Hart because mm -hmm. because Mark Felton at Nine Below Zero had was really successful using one. Hmm. That big old heavy thing. Yeah. And I was looking everywhere. And one came up for sale. Well no I found one shop that said, Well I'm gonna give you a number of a guy but it's it's very um private. You you you, you be careful. What's it look at? So I found the number said, I believe you've got a twin reverb for sale. So I went to to see this guy in this farm in South End. And there's all these pictures of B.B. King up and Jagger Ryan up. And at this bit of time, no one had seen Peter Green for a long, 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 long time. Mm -hmm. And no one really knew what he, what he was looking like now. Right. And this guy, apparently, I looked at him, and I went out again to Dexter Shop and said, I think I've met Peter Green. And I didn't buy the amp, it was broken. Uh, he, he said, really? I said, boy, just, he looked like him. He said he used to play in the sixties, and he's got all this old fox stuff, um, and he's on a farm, you know. And it just looks like it might be him, but I didn't like to ask. Mm -hmm. Anyway, the shop thought he was Peter Green. I thought he was Peter Green. I opened up the Mojo magazine months later, 
the imposter. Oh, wow. <laughs> and apparently the story goes, wow. never, ever said he was Peter Green. Right. It was just people Everybody assumed that. Everybody thought he was. How funny. And he was given guitars. Oh, my God. loads of stuff. And even I thought, because I thought, right. Oh, Looking at the old pictures tonight, it could have been him, you know. Right. And the shop that put me onto him thought he was him. But anyway, yeah, this thing come up, the imposter. That's incredible. You know, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah, he was in the mojo, yeah. big, big national. I think movie. there might have been a guy that was impersonating Danny Kerwin too. Really? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, these guys go out of this limelight for so long, right? Uh, Anybody can get come, away with come it. Back, back, you know. Yeah, people so, can get away yeah, with it. You know, yeah. that was a terrible trip, man. I'm back now, you know. Right, right. <laughs> you know? And, and that's all you got to say. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a movie about Stan, Stanley Kubrick, and there was a guy that impersonated him yeah. and got all kinds of freebies, yeah. you know. Yeah. But you know, this guy left. But apparently, really, he never. And he, he spoke to him, and he says, "I never, ever, ever said I was." Said I was. People just people started that. Him, I was, and I thought. This is good. <laughs> <laughs> and he actually was the egg and potato man. He was so egg and potato. He played good guitar. He really? played egg and potato man at egg and potato farm in South End. I right. it's still there. I think I heard about that. Yeah, well, yeah, that's yeah, great. Yeah. So I did meet him and I thought it might be him too. That is nuts. You know? That is so funny. That would, have, that would have been in the early, very early 90s. That would be, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So that was kind of before he made his comeback. Oh, yeah. He wasn't, yeah. No, once he made a comeback, he did the blokes. Right, it was busted, wasn't it? Yeah, right. Away. You know, no, no one have seen him. Yeah. No one have seen him. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, I better get to work. Yes. Do the sound check. Thank you so Thank much, you. Steve. And I uh, hope folks out there enjoyed it. Uh, check out Steve Weston on on YouTube or um, buy one of his CDs. But check him out for sure because he's one of my favorite harp players over here in in uh, Europe. So. All right. Thank you.